to the Security Leadership Podcast. My name is Yaron Levy. My day job is a CISO, and I'm a member of the security community for more than 10 years. With me here today is my co-host Jeff Snyder, who is an executive coach and security recruiter since 1997. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. So here we are, episode two. Uh, we uh, launched last week. We're actually already live on six podcasting platforms, uh, including uh, iTunes, Google, and Spotify. We received great feedback from the community. Uh, we also received several good ideas for improvements and some things that we can do better in the future episodes. So we're going to make this uh, podcast even better. So I really want to thank everyone who listened uh, to the first episode and liked and shared it on LinkedIn and also provide us with the feedback. We, we really appreciated that. Last time, Jeff, we talked about um, can versus should. And I mean, the same challenge that you introduced to me about 10 years ago, I think we uh, threw it out there for the community and um, really inspired a lot of people to come back and say, you know, we didn't think about it this way. And um, it really provokes some, some thinking and, and self-reflection that we need to go and do. So um, I know we barely scratched the surface and we are going to dive deeper into that in future episodes. But today, let's start talking about the business side. And what do businesses demand from their security leaders? Well, you know, every time you ask me a question, it has a long answer. So help me to keep this short. Um, as you know, I've gone out and done lots of research for the last 15 or so years. So instead of just sitting at my desk thinking that, oh, I know the answer to that, and I know that, and I know that, I did just the opposite. I went out to your audience, the audience that sits on the other side of the phone or the other side of a table, when security people are interviewing for a job. Uh, also in that audience are people who become your line of business owners and boards of directors and so on. Once you have a job, if, if, if you're not looking for one, you don't have to be looking for a job to listen to us. That's not the point. And I went out to those people with, with uh, a blank slate and I asked them, when you're looking for this kind of person with leadership and, and technology skills, cybersecurity skills, what exactly are you looking for? Uh, I did that above, around, and below cybersecurity leaders. So that's what we're going to talk about here today. Is that just from talking to people, or is there another source that? kind of give you that perspective. Instead of just talking to people, I went out and did something really, really boring. Boring, but extremely strategically powerful. I dissected positions, all kinds of C-suite positions. And it wasn't just cybersecurity, but it was. It was CISO jobs, it was CTO jobs, CIO jobs. And really, they're all looking for the same thing. So, you know, this could just as well be the CTO series 
or the CIO series, but we're going to specifically talk to cybersecurity people. And I went to those jobs. I got rid of all of the verbiage, like the extra stuff. It doesn't mean anything all by itself. And I boiled those jobs down to a dissected version. And in that dissected version, here's exactly what companies are looking for. I alluded to this last week, but we're going to go deeper as we move along in this podcast. At the top of the list, when I dissected C-level jobs in technology, is effective communication. Off of that springs a whole bunch of other things that I, I think really... If you don't have effective communication, you're not going to be any good at these other things. So a few of those other things, for example, are influencing. Some people are wired and born to influence better than others. They're more extroverted. They have more more to say in a discussion. Um, Relationship building, huge topic. It comes across in many, many different ways in job descriptions, but I saw it over and over and over. Companies are looking for, well, it's their version of leadership. I think there are lots of different ideas of what leadership is. My idea of what leadership is, is purely inspiration. Most people are not built to inspire other people. Let's dissect that for a second. So are they not built to inspire other people or they don't know how to inspire other people? Ah, great question because some people are built to inspire, but they don't know how to inspire because they've never been taught to inspire. So I'm going to go back to where we were last week, you have to have self-awareness. You have to know what you have potential to be great at. And I'm going to take a step further. Not only have an idea of what you have potential to be great at, you have to be taking action to move in that direction. You have to be polishing and fine-tuning those abilities. So some people are, are sitting there right now with abilities to influence other people and they can take that influence one more step and learn how to inspire people. Other people are, are substantially more introverted and that's just not their thing. It's not their lot in life, if you will. So going back to what we spoke about a week ago, we talked about the need for self-awareness knowing exactly who you are and precisely who you're not. So some people are naturally more gifted to influence and ultimately inspire other people. On the other side of that coin, some people are far more gifted to operate in their head. They're loaded with strategic thinking. They're brilliantly smart. But when it comes to standing in front of an audience or um, presenting to a group of people, a board of directors or line of business owners. It is so far out of their comfort zone 
that fear takes over and they just can't perform well trying to inspire. It, it, it's just something they're not gifted to do. You know, somebody's sitting out there and they're thinking to themselves, well, I, maybe I'm not that great at communicating. I mean, I, I know what I can say. I know what to say. Um, but I don't feel comfortable standing in front of an audience, for example. So if I'm not a great communicator, are you saying that I cannot, I cannot inspire others? I'm, I'm saying it, and I'm also going to give an alternative. So some people are absolutely gifted to inspire. They're gifted to talk. They're gifted to get people wound up and inspired by words. Other people are gifted to function in their head. So for example, um, I recently coached someone who has futuristic near the top of their list of strengths. Futuristic is an ability to be visionary, to see way down the road, to see things that other people don't see. Although I've been coaching futuristic for many years and I have futuristic myself, I discovered yesterday, after eight years of going through this over and over and over, I think I th maybe my brain thought I already knew everything. Oh no, I don't know everything. I discovered while walking someone else through their futuristic that that skill that's inside his head can and should be inspirational to other people. I had my own light bulb moment. I love to turn on other people's light bulbs, but I had my own light bulb moment. And well, he doesn't have a lot of influencing abilities, but he has inspirational ability. Now he has to learn how to use it. So Jeff, I, I hear you. I mean, I hear you saying, yeah, it's mostly about communication, but also you may have, you know, that strength in your head. Um, and yes, you can inspire. Ultimately, you want to inspire. That's where you're trying to get to. But you know how people are saying actions actually speak louder than words. So if I'm not a good verbal communicator, what can I do? What actions can I take to provide that inspiration as a leader? I love your question. Many people are wired very effectively to build effective relationships. That's one of the things the business is expecting from you guys. You have to build relationships above you, beside you, below you, around you, inside the company, outside the company. The need to build relationships never stops. Some people are not built to be on a stage, but they're built to inspire people by investing time and energy into building meaningful relationships with those people. So some of the people in my life who have been most inspiring are the people who took the time to speak into my life. And, and they, they helped me when I was young. They gave me courage to move in certain directions. Uh, I don't know if they stood on stages or not. I didn't care. What I knew is 
they stopped and they cared about me. And I think one of the examples you see oftentimes, or at least, you know, from my, from my background or from my history that I've seen, I've seen that a lot in the military. I've seen that where, where you have a commander uh, and there are two types of, of commanders. One type was the one that just dropping down orders. And because you're in the military, you have to obey and you have to follow the orders and you have to execute. But there are also those who not just gave the orders, but they never demanded from their soldiers anything that they didn't demand from themselves. So they're always the first to lead, whether it's leading the platoon, whether it's to you know, uh, um, carry the stretcher, whether, what, whatever, whatever action they had to take, they were there with us taking the same actions, participating in the same actions. And they may have not necessarily been the greatest communicators. They didn't have to give those great presentations or great speeches or whatnot. It just all they had to do is to give the order and everybody would, would follow. But I think the execution was like very, very different when you're actually doing something because you've been told to, or whether you're doing it because your leader inspired you to do that. And I think that's very, very apparent. I, I can't argue with you in the least bit. So you talked about communication and you talked about inspiration. What other things businesses are looking for? They're looking for people who can build relationships outside of technology. So if you're gonna build relationships in finance, in marketing, product development, and so on, uh, if you walk into those people's domain and you talk about bits and bytes the entire time that you're there, you're not going to build much of a relationship. You're, in fact, that's a good way to build a wall, a wall between you and that next person. The alternative is to walk into that person's environment and be curious, uh, curious about what do you do what do you value in this part of the business? What's important to you? Well, if you get that answer, all of a sudden you know what needs to be secured and you already know what, what they have bought into that needs to be secured because they told you what matters to them. So by showing interest in other people, as opposed to walking in and telling them what all the answers are, that's a way to begin building relationships with people that you have absolutely nothing in common with. And that's a very interesting concept because I think, you know, if you're a C-level executive or any executive for that matter, if you're over finance, you're speaking, you know, the, the financial language. If you're over sales, then you have to speak, you know, the, the business sales, you know, language. If you're over marketing, you're speaking the marketing language. But I think what's different for CISOs is that CISOs need to be able to speak multiple languages. And that's maybe one of the things that makes the CISO position more unique or, or, or different from other C-level executives that you actually need to be able to converse in many, many different languages, whether it's the production, whether it's, you know, uh, supply chain, I mean, whatever, but it's, it's many different languages, not just the one. Do you agree? Uh, well, 
I, I'm going to defer that back to you. The answer is yes, I believe that's correct. Uh, you're the guy who does that every day. So if that's what's going on where you, you know, live and work, uh, that's what I see and have seen for many, many years. The people who are more effective at changing gears based on the differences in their audiences are always going to be the ones that are most effective in building relationships. Relationship then is the foundation of building trust. So someone doesn't have to do what you do in order for them to learn how to trust you, but you have to start with the human element before you start talking about bits and bytes. So when you're talking about that effective communication, I guess what I'm hearing is saying, it's not just the verbal communication. It sounds to me like there are other types of, of communication that you have to master or you have to be good at, not just verbally. Yes? Absolutely. Uh, we, we now live in a world where not everybody, but the vast majority of people would rather not have a conversation. They'd rather send an email or send a text or instant message or whatever. Uh, when you do that, there's always a bit of a gamble because that email allows the other person to per perceive what kind of emotion is connected to it. They could be right or wrong. A text is even worse. Um, an instant message is usually done in a reactive mode. So if you really want to get something across to somebody, walk down the hall, pick up the phone uh, in a time other than this, take them out to lunch, and sit down and get to know them. Get to know them. Then when you have that spur-of-the-moment communication, you should already know what their preferred method of communication is. It's very easy to find out. Just ask. There's so much that can get lost in written communication when we go straight to the keyboard. If you have something that's super important and it has emotion attached to it, and it could even possibly be misunderstood, pick up a telephone and talk to somebody. Or if things change, go meet them for coffee and sit down and, and ask and listen and watch body language and so on. I think you make a very compelling point about how effective communication is critical, whether it's verbal or not, in, in, in the role of a leader to inspire people and inspire them to, um, to be the best they can. So with that, um, Let's conclude our uh, episode for today and uh, we'll continue next time um, talking about more traits from leadership. Like. All right, can't wait. <laughs>